Hey friends, I'm glad you're here. I just wanted to let you know about a new program that we just opened up this week. It's called The Flock by The Schoolhouse Life. And it is a intensive homesteading self-sufficiency program where we guide you through the steps you need to take to get your life to a self-sufficient stage, whether that's homeschooling, homesteading, entrepreneurship, natural medicine. We will help you figure out the plan for your life and in a three-month program, create a roadmap to that and practical applications. So by the end of the three months, you have some abundance flowing in those areas and you know where you're headed for the rest of the year. If that's something that you're interested in, I would love for you to check out the schoolhouselife.com backslash the academy. And that's the schoolhouselife.com backslash the academy. That's got all the details for you on it. And uh, super excited to offer it and enjoy this podcast episode. I knew what I didn't want right. education to be, but I was still trying to figure out what did I want it to actually look like. Hmm. And what did it mean to me? And so the unschooling thing and John Holt, he kind of brought the idea of freedom to my mind Mm -hmm. and letting children follow their own pursuits and to break free from the cram, pass, forget cycle. Oh my goodness. Say that again louder. (laughs) (laughs) What? I've never heard you say that before. The the cram, pass, forget cycle. So you cram for the test, you pass the test, then you forget everything. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, I mean, all of my entire schooling. Yeah, pretty much me too. (laughs) And so he emphasized trusting children that they're naturally curious. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life Podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse. Totally. We're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling, homesteading, natural health care, plant medicines, natural childbirth, healthy eating, meditation, creative endeavors, overall self-sufficiency for the whole family. Oh, and don't forget self-development and spirituality. Oh, of course. Key players. We hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't, try things that could make your life better, and mostly we want to encourage you to never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too. Hey friends, it's me, Lacey. I'm so excited about today. I've been sitting here chatting with one of my best friends, Callie, who is a seasoned homeschooler and she's going to bring a ton of wisdom to you, everyone. She's been sort of my guiding light in all of this, this whole homeschool journey. So I'm so thankful that she's willing to share with you. She is a mom of six. She's graduated one who is moving onwards and upwards. He's got a full-time job, but he's going to go to college and all kinds of crazy things that I know as new homeschoolers, we generally worry about, but I think she's going to have some really great words of wisdom. So I'm glad you're joining us. Callie Vaughn is also, you can follow her. I'm going to tell you right now on Instagram and we will make sure that you have the links and everything in the show notes when the time comes. But for now, let's go ahead. I'm going to have her start at the beginning of her story and tell us a little bit about her education growing up, where she started, how was she raised, all of those things. We want to know the backstory. Thank you, Lacey. Well, my beginning is that both of my parents were public school teachers. <laughs> and my degree is in K-6 education. I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I just didn't know that I was going to be homeschooling six <laughs> children. But I started off as a kind of teacher's pet. I loved playing school. I loved helping my teachers at school. And I always knew that I wanted to teach 
and there's a part of me I feel that gets great satisfaction from a bulletin board and a well-planned <laughs> lesson yes <laughs> but you know all of that has kind of gone by the wayside oh that's not true I've been to her house a lot of times and she has a lot of really cool things going on for her school yeah. <laughs> But my husband and I, you know, we met in college, and before we got married, we decided that we were going to homeschool. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Before you were married. I didn't know. So I... Which is ironic, because what does your husband do for a living? <laughs> yeah. He's a teacher. <laughs> of course. He's yeah. a high school teacher, so... Oh, geez. <laughs> but we decided that we wanted a very home-centered life together. And uh, little did we know at the time that that was going to mean home birth, Mm. um, homesteading, homeschooling, home churching, (laughs) and everything revolved around the home. And it's really the heart of everything that we do. And so that was kind of our focus. Even before we got married, we knew we were going to go down that road. So it gave me a lot of time to read and research and get my mind and heart prepared for the task. But before I got pregnant with my first child, I taught in the public school, and that was eye-opening, and I remember thinking, this is way different from whenever I was a kid. Mm. This was 20 years ago, so I can't imagine how much it's changed now, but one thing that bothered me is that they didn't hardly ever get any time outside, Mm. and I just felt really sad for the students that Mm. their time outside was so limited and I felt that they were growing up way too fast and so I thought when I have kids I really want to protect and preserve their childhood Mm -hmm. a little bit more and and I wanted them to my own kids to have a lot of time outside and so it kind of pointed out to me some things that I wanted to do differently than the public school and I'm not a public school basher but I just am a big believer in freedom and mm-hmm. education and I just I felt that homeschooling would allow us to not be boxed in so much so we mm-hmm. could go on more field trips and go to more museums learn life skills and we didn't have to follow the scope and sequence of public school telling you you know what you have to learn and when Mm -hmm. and well I'm curious actually while we have a quick break that what is it that you did in that time when you were kind of determining what your homeschool was going to look like who did you turn to like where were you said you did research what kind of research or were there books that you turned to or authors or anything yes so whenever I first started off we when Elijah was little he's the oldest he's the oldest we did we spent all of our days at the library in the park Mm -hmm. and uh, reading and playing and so those were just really beautiful days and then once he turned five i just decided that i was going to do basically like a school at home Mm. model and both of us ended up in tears did it involve worksheets because i remember my experience (laughs) involved a lot of worksheets It did. (laughs) Specifically, handwriting was just a disaster, and I threatened to send him to public school. (laughs) The (laughs) five-year-old. The the poor five-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I, I thought, well, this isn't working, and so then I started... I read The Well-Trained Mind, Mm. and that was kind of my second thing that I tried was just a little bit of the classical approach, and then that quickly dissolved because... (laughs) 
I didn't quite, it didn't, it wasn't a good fit for us. And so then I tried unit studies. Mm, that's fun too. <laughs> I, I pretty much tried everything. <laughs> I tried unit studies. I, we did My Father's World and Sunlight and Konos and some of those things. And, and then that kind of led me to unschooling. And I read uh, John Holt's book, mm. How Children Fail and learning all the time. And I, I could feel myself getting closer to our fit. Mm-hmm. I, and John Holt, for the record, was like the father of homeschooling. I feel like if you read any of his books, because he wrote most of them in like the 70s and 80s, right? Am I right about that? I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for some confirmation. Um, but he is a great place to start, especially, I mean, I think when adults question like, oh, well, you shouldn't homeschool your kids. I've always felt like that was a good place to send them to. Go go read some John Holt. <laughs> yeah. And I had read some John Taylor Gatto, mm. uh, the book Dumbing Us Down. I, I read that when I was in college. And so I already had these alternative thoughts in my mind about what I knew what I didn't want Right. education to be but I was still trying to figure out what did I want it to actually look like hmm. and what did it mean to me and so the unschooling thing and John Holt he kind of brought the idea of freedom to my mind hmm. and letting children follow their own pursuits and to break free from the cram pass forget cycle Oh my goodness. Say that again louder. (laughs) What? I've never heard you say that before. The the cram, pass, forget cycle. So you cram for the test, you pass the test, then you forget everything. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's, I mean, all of my entire schooling. Yeah, pretty much me too. (laughs) And so he emphasized trusting children, that they're naturally curious, that they are learning all the time, and less emphasis on grades and tests. And so all of those things I really appreciated about his approach. But then I read For the Children's Sake by um, Susan Schaefer-McCauley, and that's the book that really hit my heart. That book, that resonated with me, and I knew that that was the path for us. So Hmm. then I read The Charlotte Mason Companion, and then I, and then Simply Charlotte Mason came on the scene, Hmm. and I started to dig deeper and read more, and then finally got Charlotte Mason's six volumes, and <laughs> went directly to the source herself, mm-hmm. and and I found a lot of the things that I loved about unschooling, but also with an added element of spirituality, and, and also a sense of duty and self-governing, mm. which I felt was a little bit different from the unschooling mm-hmm. the discipline there was a little more discipline but there was freedom plus requiredness mm. and the one thing that I really loved the most about for the children's sake is her idea of children as born persons that they're made in the image of God that they are to be respected and that they are very capable and I love that she says that there's no such thing as a child mind Mm. and so she really believes that they from the beginning are just they are learners naturally and that we tend as adults to get in their way interfere too Mm -hmm. much talk too much over teach Mm. pre-digest information for them but that they themselves can actually handle that responsibility 
and that they become less interested whenever we overteach them. Yeah, and so sense. yeah, so I that and then the idea of education being a life really stood out to me is that we, you know, it's not a thing to compartmentalize like this is our learning time, right? But that it really is a lifestyle, hmm. and so uh, one of my favorite quotes. It, I won't read the whole thing, but it says, Our aim of education is to give a full life. We begin to see what we want children make large demands upon us. We owe it to them to initiate an immense number of interests. Thou hast set my feet in a large room should be the glad cry of every intelligent soul. Life should be all living, not merely a tedious passing of time. Not all doing or feeling or all thinking, but the strain would be too great. But all living, that is to say, we should be in touch wherever we go, whatever we hear, whatever we see, with some manner of vital interest. Mm. We cannot give the children these interests. We prefer that they should never say that they have learned botany or conchology, geology or astronomy. The question is not how much does the youth know when he has finished his education but how much does he care? Mm. And about how many orders of things does he care? In fact, how large is the room in which he finds his feet set? Mm. And I just loved that idea that, you know, you're setting their feet in a large room and that it's not about filling them up with facts, but it is how much they care about learning and life and education and people. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I wanted to focus on in our home. Mm. Yeah. I, well, I couldn't agree with that quote more. Mm-hmm. I mean, schoolhouse life after all. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> I love it. So some other people that kind of influenced me along the way would be uh, Sally Clarkson. I loved her, uh, all of her books, but The Mission of Motherhood and The Life-Giving Home mm. were two of my favorite ones. And then Teaching from Rest by Sarah McKenzie is a book that I read every year, especially when I start to feel overwhelmed. Uh, she just kind of helps me realize that, you know, it's not an emergency. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's think, not an emergency. Yeah, I think Amber Scamp said that life is not an emergency. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it just kind of helps me to get regain some perspective. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that inspired me also along the way and supported and encouraged me is the is the cottage co-op that I started. Mm-hmm. 13 years ago and I really feel that having a community is an essential part of mm. homeschooling. I I don't know if if I would have been able to navigate it this journey as well without my friends and community that have helped me along the way and mm-hmm. we share ideas and share life and um, just learning together is really beautiful. And so that has been a wonderful source of encouragement for me. Mm. Yeah, I love that about our commu- our small community is pretty tight-knit, but our kids don't really know anything different. They don't know that people separate from their families during the day and <laughs> yeah. go their own separate directions. You know, it's kind of just entrenched in them that you just kind of do this thing together. And I really do love that for sure. It's mm-hmm. been huge. But yeah, community. That's massive. Homeschool community. <laughs> Parenting, marriage, all of those things. You need community to survive. So Yes. And then, you know, within our home, 
they're having they have built their own little support system with each other and forming mm. friendships yeah so I guess yeah no that's awesome okay so now you'd say you're kind of like how do you qualify yourself as a like a Charlotte Mason homeschooler or do you have a title that you would fall under <laughs> I mean I don't know if I would fall under a certain title but I do feel that I lean more towards Charlotte Mason and and you know do I do it perfectly definitely not I don't know if anyone does and I don't really think that that's the point but I do think it's the heart behind it and is just finding something that works for you and just sticking with it and unless it doesn't work and then Mm, change right (laughs) I mean obviously I changed a lot and you know and I just feel Wendell Berry says something he says, if you've seen one farm, you've seen one farm. Yeah. And I feel that that's the same with homeschooling. If you've seen one homeschool, yeah. you've seen one homeschool. And I don't feel that we need to put ourselves in any kind of box and say, well, you know, there's no magic formula for how to do this. There isn't, you know, one's going to give you a set of instructions and, and have it and have it work out perfectly it's just you have to try things and sometimes it works and sometimes it Mm. doesn't and then you adjust Mm -hmm. but I think each individual family is unique and you have to just find what works for you and don't look too closely at what other people are doing Mm. and just have confidence in what you're doing and I think that one thing that's definitely helped me from the beginning and this was advice from from an older woman that a veteran homeschooler is that she said to cast a vision for your homeschool that's a unique vision that you and your husband come together and write for your family Mm -hmm. in general but also Mm -hmm. for homeschooling and so that when times get hard and you want to give up (laughs) then it's kind of an anchor yeah and you can return to it and remember why you're doing this in the first place and I think one thing that has happened to me over the years is that I have found myself drifting away from the vision you know getting caught up in thinking that I need to do this or that or (laughs) and but I think it's always good to return to your vision on a regular basis and ask yourself is what we do on a daily basis does it line up with my vision Mm. for homeschooling and so that would include like the books you're reading and the schedule that you keep right. and the curriculum you choose. Are all of those things lining up with your vision? And if they're not, then you need to maybe rethink mm. yeah, absolutely. what you're doing. So that has really helped me over the years to just stay on the path is just to remember why I'm doing it in the first place. Mm. And, you know, I don't, as far as advice about the future and, you know, encouraging. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, you're kind of on the, you still have, you have a seven-year-old, right? Eight-year-old. Eight. Eight to 18. So you have the full spectrum of ages. <laughs> and with this this 18-year-old child, I mean, how can you encourage those of us that aren't to the finish line yet? Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I remember so many times when my oldest was little that I just spent so much time worrying and even crying feeling like I didn't know what I was doing and Mm -hmm. wondering if I was just going to mess it all up (laughs) but you know none of those thoughts really produced any good result (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. And so I, I would just say don't spend a lot of time, you know, beating yourself up and be gentle on yourself in this journey. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to experience failure and just keep going and focus on just the immediate day that is in front of you. You know, I used to get really caught up in looking too far ahead into the future, and mm-hmm. I just feel we none of us are even guaranteed one more day that we have to stay focused mm-hmm. on the immediate task at hand. And, and it just helped me to not get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do the things I needed to do that day and try to do it the best that I could. And I feel that one thing with having a child, you know, you make a ton of mistakes with your first child, unfortunately. (laughs) Poor first child. Well, Um, I was just thinking about how how much, you know, my oldest is 16 and, you know, we're getting towards the end. And I can see her turning into this beautiful thing that I honestly can't even claim any responsibility for in spite of my shortcomings she's turned out to be pretty magnificent and I think that you know watching that play out we think we have all this responsibility and the truth is we're just Mm -hmm. if we keep them alive we're doing a really good job yes (laughs) and it doesn't all hinge on us they're right you know God is doing the work in their life Mm. and it doesn't all you know, our mistakes aren't going to ruin them. But I will say that one thing that has helped with relationship mm. as they get older is to just, well, at any age, is to be humble and to admit when you're wrong and I, to your children. And I just feel that is something that helps them to see, you know, well, we don't have to be perfect. And, mm. and you know, the reconciliation is important and that but anyways just having humility and and being thankful for you know having the time together each day I feel gratitude has a way of changing everything yeah um is that you know it's easy to grumble about math or this and that or the other thing whatever it is that you but if you can just you know it's all about your attitude and how you approach it is if you're thankful that we are just living this life together Mm. and there is beauty, trying to see the beauty in things that you might not otherwise see beauty in. Is there beauty in math? Mm. There is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't compare is a is a huge thing and I already said that before but yeah it deserves being said twice (laughs) it does because you know it's just easy to compare to other people and also this is one thing that has really helped me on my homeschool journey uh, is to be intentional about genuine pursuit of my own education Mm. I just feel that whenever and I think that would go along with the idea of mother culture uh, which what Charlotte Mason calls his mother culture, but to never stop your own learning and take joy in mm. pursuing your own interest. Mm. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, but I feel like it's a good example for our children and they actually feed off of it. Um, well, they're going to mimic everything that we do. So mm-hmm. we might as well make learning a part of what they're going to mimic, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the... One of the things that has made us happiest in our journey, like in our homeschool days, I would say, is our morning time together. We do Bible and we read poetry every single day. And, 
you know, history and literature and all the beautiful things together as a family. I feel like our favorite time, and even my son said it this morning, he said, this is my favorite time of the day. Mm. But it's when we're all doing stuff together. And then I think our another one of our favorite things, and it's a new newer tradition, is tea time. And we started doing tea time with my husband, which I don't know why I didn't think to include him in the past because we that had always been something we did during the day, but we started doing it in the evening so that he could nice. participate. And mm-hmm. it is nice because for them to hear him reading stories and hearing his voice reading isn't really good. Mm. Yay! Yay! I love it. So (laughs) encouraging and such a good reminder that, yeah, I mean, I think we get so pinned, especially... We have the full spectrum of her being raised by these people who are in the public school system and then married to somebody and trained in it. And here we've come full circle back to the best solution for their family is to just be home. And more people are making that call than ever before. So, Callie, thank you for being on this call with me. Thanks, Lacey. I'm so excited to share your voice, which has been such an important one for my homeschool journey. I hope you all enjoyed listening and we'll be in touch.